Hey, Cohen, how's it going? You see that uh, Heat game last night? Dude, Kendrick Nunn's pretty good. Like, oh yeah, no, he's, he's putting a, up big time. He's putting up big time numbers. One of the steals of the draft for sure. He's a yeah. great, great guy. Hey, Drew. How's, hey. Uh, how's, hey, what's up? It's been up? a long time. How's it going? It's good, dude. How about yourself? Good. How's San Diego? Wait. Uh, it, it's been nice. You know, it's been nice. Uh, my Lakers are in first. Um, Wait, not much to complain yeah, about. Speaking of, the, is that a Eric? Is that a LeBron James jersey? Uh, yeah, and he's he's wearing it with the Lakers shorts as well. He's got, you're telling me he's got Lakers shorts and Lakers jersey on? I think that's classified as a full kit. Full, full kit, kit Waker! They're not having a go with a bird. They're having a row with a wanker. All right, here we are. My name's Drew Parada. This is Cohen Jenkins and Eric Allen, and we are the Full Kit Wankers. Uh, we all met each other at Gonzaga University. Uh, and unfortunately. We, un- very unfortunately, and we consider, <laughs> we consider ourselves a big sports nerd, so we're hoping to bring you some fun, interesting uh, pieces from that are relevant to today and even from a hundred years ago and hopefully uh, give you something to talk about for the week I don't know, that? go for it. we're not sports insiders but um, we'll we'll bring you some of the dumber aspects of sports and really break down these incredibly stupid things as well as we can um, it helps that um, I'm a liberal arts major so I'm not very smart to begin with <laughs> Um, but then we have business school in Drew. And, yeah, so uh, I'm not very smart Eric. either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm smart. Um, I'm just here. Yeah, by the end of this, you'll probably think Eric's the dumbest out of all of us. So. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's my role. So it's a trio, and I'm I'm the dumbass who only knows about basketball. So. All right, guys. So we're going to move into our Super Bowl segment today, and we're going to be focused on uh, prop bets. That's the one. Parlay. I actually went on Bovada, my uh, degenerate gambling site where You I are went, you are a degenerate gambler. I do know that for a fact. <laughs> I lose half the money I make each week and uh, I counted ninety different bets that they have for um uh different Super Bowl extravaganzas uh, all week long leading up to it and throughout, whether it be about Donald Trump or uh, the halftime show or who knows. Um, so I tried to nail down uh, the most fun, most interesting non-in-game related bets. And uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to hear your two's take on it uh, as we run through. Yeah, for well, sure. As an, as an owner of an NFL team... <laughs> As a, as a part owner of the Green Bay Packers, I'm legally not allowed to gamble on professional sports. But I digress. I will, I will throw my opinion in the ring. How are you a part owner of the Packers? Oh, do you not know this? The Green Bay Packers are um, owned by the public, basically. It's like the only team in U.S. sports that does this. They have uh, 400,000 people have bought one share each of the Green Bay Packers. No way, I didn't know that. That's like um, it's, I'm I'm looking at my share right now. It's on my wall in my bedroom. Wow. <laughs> I think that's like Barcelona and Real Madrid and all those big soccer clubs too. Yeah, Europe is a bunch of socialists, but we don't need to get into that yeah, now. Ah, commies. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, what are right. the what be, what bets do you come up with? So the the first ones uh, the first subject we'll talk about is the national anthem. Um, how long will it take Demi Lovato to sing the U.S. national anthem? The line is one minute and forty-five seconds. The odds for the over is minus one thirty-five, and the under is plus one fifteen. The average anthem time is one forty. Um, I think the better question here is like, how long will it take Demi Lovato to shoot up heroin? Like, <laughs> after this happens, like, I, I do not trust her to go under that at all. I don't know about you guys. 
I uh, I agree with that. I think it's definitely going to be over because, like, let's say she shoots up before, she's going to be real slow up there singing. <laughs> like, that's it's a depressant. Um, well, I guess in like two minutes. <laughs> have you guys ever heard any of her songs? <laughs> I mean, I know have, I haven't, so I would just <laughs> cold. Yeah. What's yeah. the What's the next bet? So, um, will uh. You know, this one is, is kind of, this issue has defined our, our young generation, truly. Uh, <laughs> will any player take a knee during the national anthem? The odds are crazy going both ways. So if you bet no, you're making virtually no money. If you bet yes, it's plus 650. Um, so you're making... For, us, for us non-gamblers, what does that mean? That means you're making, if you bet $10, you're making 6.5 times that. So, do we think someone's going to be the social justice warrior we need and take the knee <laughs> to fight the I, cops? <laughs> I mean, I don't think... You haven't heard about any players really doing it this year, right? I think the NFL's cracked down a lot. Like, yeah, I just I don't, think they're, like, going to the players and saying, you better not, you better not try it, because... <laughs> Richard Sherman's a wild card, though. <laughs> you never know with that guy plus there is the the history of like kaepernick with the 49ers so well, well you know damn well mahomes isn't taking a knee <laughs> yes true <laughs> yeah and then our last one is will any scoring drives take less time than it will take demi lovato to sing the national anthem so we think that it's going to take over a minute and 45 seconds for her to deliver the national anthem um, will Mahomes lead the Chiefs on a two-play drive and beat that? Or for sure, right? There, he has at least like three drives every game where he like chucks it to some speedy dude. They get sixty yards, and then they punch it in the next play. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see it being the opening drive too, depending who wins the coin toss. Like, there's like a coin toss bet every year, right? That's like a thing. Heads or tails. Same same odds both ways. But it's not like 50-50 odds, so it's just like a stupid bet. Yeah, it's like, this is this this bet is very strange if you bet like this is it's like It's like playing roulette at a casino, like you're over time just gonna lose money. Yes, exactly. On this bet. Yeah. So, okay. It, it, this one is is pure luck. It, it's it's actually a poor risk, poor reward, they might say. So <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm always been a heads guy when it comes to heads or tails. I mean, tails never fails though, so that's where you're wrong. I hate you, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> just that's for that, contrarian. Just, just for that, we're going heads. <laughs> <laughs> when it's tails, well, I'll be I'll be rolling in it. All right, moving who's, on. Who's doing halftime? Yeah, at so, the Super Bowl. Uh, the halftime show is being done by uh, Shakira and J Lo. Okay. That's a nice combo. That's a nice combo. Yeah. Um, so which of these songs will be performed first? Uh, I think you guys can see the list there. Yeah. There, there's oh. quite a few on that list. Um, I'm thinking On the Floor is a great start to a Super Bowl halftime show. I'd say On the Floor or Whenever, Wherever. Or is it Wherever? It's Whenever, Wherever, yeah. Well, should we sample those two songs right now and see... Uh, yeah. Don't stop, keep it moving, put your drinks up. Woo! Your body up and jump it on the floor. I'm at your feet. Wherever, wherever, we're meant to be together. I'll be there and you'll be near. And that's the deal. I think I'm with Cohen. I think on the floor is going to be a. Okay. I think it's just an easy one, but like gets everyone right into it and. Gets everybody warmed up, you know. You know, that pulls people away from the nacho bar and back to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite, like, Super Bowl snack? Oh, jalapeno poppers, hands down. Like, Well, that says a lot, Eric. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of Little Smokies. Ooh, that's a good like, choice. Little dogs and some sauce. The yeah. the key to that sauce is grape jelly. Just uh, oh yeah, we had that last year at our home. house. That was good. 
I'm a big fan of, of whatever nachos are, are on display. Um, and if not that, weirdly enough, I just really like the, the ranch that comes in the middle of those veggie platters. And so I just go <laughs> after that. Freaking weirdo. God. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so back to our, back to our, our bets. Uh, how many songs will be performed in Spanish? The line is 1.5. So you're betting on two or you're betting on one. There's a lot uh, worse odds to bet two or more. There's a lot better odds to bet one or less. See, I think just in modern America with the crowd that likes football the most, I don't think (laughs) Spanish songs are really the move. Um, So I'm guessing maybe one. But I think in the celebrity world of 2020, (laughs) they're absolutely going to sing two Spanish songs or more. This could be. Does J Lo do much Spanish song stuff? I don't. I don't know much about. Yeah, I think I, she I has a couple, but I don't think it's near. It's not the same as Shakira, where like, just randomly going to Spanish for half the song. Or, well, what's our what's our final? I'm saying I'll go under. I'll go under. I think under's a. I mean, there's better under value as well. We might as well. All right, our next subject is Donald Trump. Drew, why are you getting so political with this our, segment? Our esteemed president. Um, <laughs> so, what is the total Donald Trump tweets on February 2nd? Note, the average amount of tweets per day, according to an article in December, is 26 tweets a day, which seems like a lot. Um, I don't think that's true. I, I, uh, I am a I don't follower, know, dude. and I don't think 26 a day. I, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe it is, but, um, <laughs> oh, you're an avid follower. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Um, what's the, what's the line? The here? line is 13, 13 and a half over. I think so over far too. Over. And I think it's one of those days where he's just going to yeah. be hyper involved beginning to end. And I'll go over. Is there, is there also a bet we can get on about if any of the tweets will be about Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> <laughs> Because like, I would guess one or two play? specifically. We should we should do a segment where we like try and like write Donald Trump tweets that we think <laughs> about, he would say like sports. predict about his sporting yeah events. predict his tweets. Um, I think the best way to make money as a professional athlete slash gambler would uh, so say Jimmy Garoppolo wants to make a little extra cashola. All he's got to do is on game day morning just tweet at Donald Trump, "You fat piece of shit." I hope you like don't get to interact with the Super Bowl. And then Trump would just blow up that over and tweet like 300 times <laughs> at Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a good point. <laughs> um, that's like, very easily manipulated. Um, I, I don't think, again... Gay Mahomes, Garoppolo doesn't know how to play for a football team. I think Kaepernick was better than Garoppolo. Like, just easy. <laughs> See, easy. I, think, I think the over no matter what, because Trump's feeling himself with both quarterbacks here. They're both mm. leaning right, and he's okay. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, like he's just gonna feel like he's in his bag all day, just letting all the tweets out. Um, okay, so for our, are we going over for that? I feel like over is a much stronger. Oh, yeah. it's got to be over. better value. Yeah, whatever. All right. So will will the winning team visit the White House? Yeah, um, I think yeah. This time around, no matter what, probably like Kansas partly City. because. Like, Jimmy G is a total frat boy. Like, you know he's going to the White House to hang out with Trump and eat some fast food. Um, yeah, I, I, I give a shit. There, there's a lot of white guys in key positions on these teams, so it seems yeah, like, Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> there's the gonna 49ers be like, give me a very, like, America's team vibe, like, old boys kind of thing, so. Yeah. My, uh, my aunt and uncle love the 49ers, and they, uh, they're also avid Trump supporters, so I think it's a pretty good correlation of the... Yeah, I think your aunt and uncle have a lot of say on whether the Niners go to the White House, Eric. Yeah. Well, that I'd, closes the case. <laughs> I'd just say they're like the. I would say they're the average Niners fan, though. You know. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like they they you know fit the bill. Yeah. Well, don't uh, maybe don't share this podcast with them, Eric. But other yeah, than they that, don't know what uh, a podcast is. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that that also adds up. All right. So for our our winner, so the the rest of the subjects will be about like the winner. Um, the first question we have is what will be the case on February second. 2020 
at S&P 500 market close. Oh, I'm Drew, and I went to business school, and <laughs> stocks matter. So will the Niners win, and the stock market be better? Will they win, and will it be worse, and vice versa with the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs win, market will be better. This is your guys' pick for the Super Bowl winner, by the way. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the Chiefs in this because I think they can spread out the Niners' defense better than a lot of other teams. And uh, if if the Chiefs score a couple touchdowns and the Niners have to pass, I'm not super confident in Jimmy G in a Super Bowl environment. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Yeah. I actually think Jimmy G has kind of proved himself over the past few games. I think he may not be like, you know, like superstar quarterback, superstar arm, whatever, but I think he gets the job done time and time again. And like whatever they really need him, like to call on him to do, he kind of always comes through. Um so I think it's actually going to be a really close game, like within a touchdown. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still going to have to give the Chiefs the – like if I was betting points, I'd bet uh, the Niners to uh, beat the spread, but the Chiefs to win. So, yeah, I think we'll go Chiefs, and I think the market will be better as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Market's just real hot right now. So. And people just buy a bunch of stuff around the Super Bowl. All the commercials so. going off too yeah. all day. I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like, yeah. Okay, so what color will liquid what color will liquid be that is poured on the winning coach's head? See, I'm looking at the the bets here and red is not one of the favorites, but both teams are red and red Gatorade is the best flavor of Gatorade. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> um, we're not in the hot take segment, Cohen. <laughs> Cohen, are, keep those to are you sick? Are you sick? red's fucking good and like red is hands down hands down the worst flavor of gatorade i think that's like unanimous well both teams are red bottom tier for me (sighs) fine lime next next segment they'll see i i think they're gonna go with blue right because you want that nice contrast with your team's color Oh my gosh. And blue and red, that's a pretty nice contrast, you know, for that nice sports illustrated photograph of just some color. America. I wish we had like some sort of stat on what it just is usually during NFL games. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we could find a stat. (laughs) I think it's more fun to just, you know, guess one of six though too. So Um, I kind of like blue. I kind of like blue. Who knows? All right, let's do it. Blue is the best flavor. So we'll see, you know. Blue is the warmest color. Who will win Super Bowl MVP? Uh, I gotta go Mahomes. If if we're saying the Chiefs win the Super yeah, Bowl, like true. Yeah. Tyreek Hill could also just like pop off Don't if re- they win. Remember that like the value of who we pick like greatly increases like like obviously if you pick Mahomes and Jimmy it's more likely but I like you're I like also Tyree not making Hill much money on the... mm-hmm. you like Tyreek uh, Hill because be, uh in so Brett Favre never got to win a Super Bowl MVP because the only one he won uh Desmond Howard returned a punt for a touchdown and like he got voted MVP and I yeah. could see that being the case here like Tyreek Hill like has 150 scrimmage yards and, like, a punt return touchdown or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that. And then I think, so, if that's if we're going with the Chiefs win. If, if the Niners win, who would you guys pick? I think you have to go most start after last game. Oh, yeah. He was a monster in that yeah. game. Dude, he must, he, have had, <laughs> he must have had one of the best fantasy days of all time. He didn't do shit on my fantasy team all year, but now now he's killing it. That's because you picked him up during the wrong weeks, Eric. I know, I did. It was bad. Mostert's he's he's like a tank and he's quick. He's I don't know yes. where this guy came from, but Yeah. He's good. He got cut by like seven different teams before he made the Niners, so that's That's, that's wild. Cool. He's got a giant chip on his shoulder, that's for sure. But yeah, so I guess I, I like Tyreek Hill. I like that pick though. For, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm more that. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? So, his teammates, God, the city, the coach, the owner, or a family or, or a family member. Um, I'm hoping that, that uh, he mentions his favorite strip club owner 
as the reason for success. Like some Super Bowl MVP just gets the mic. He's already kind of drunk because his teammates have like poured beer into him and he was tired from the game. And he's just like, Claudio at Fine Women in San Antonio. He just does a great job. <laughs> so that would fall under the category of does not mention any of the above. So Eric, well, Eric Claudio, Claudio's, Claudio's a family member. So I think like he's family, <laughs> you know. I'm thinking City. Just going off the Mahomes or Tyreek Hill, I could see one of them just being like, oh, yeah, like Kansas City, let's go. Oh, see, I see Mahomes as like a total god guy. Oh, Mahomes is a god guy for you sure. You think he's a god guy? Yeah, he's a god guy. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll give, but I'll give you god guy. Maybe Andy Reid, if they mention Andy Reid, that could be a... <laughs> he, is, he is god, in my opinion. <laughs> so, I don't god think, in my city, yeah. We're, we're, I don't we're... think god could put down three Philly cheesesteaks in one city. <laughs> But Andy Reid can. <laughs> well, right. I don't know about a three seems pretty likely. One for the father, one for the son, one for the Holy Spirit. Like, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna put God then. With that, we'll wrap up the the betting uh, right here, and we'll move into um, the roster debaters. This this is kangaroo court, sir. Yeah, so uh, this segment is going to be um, a, a semi-recurring thing on the show. And what we do is we have a roster challenge um, where, you know, it, it might be like, oh, make the best NFL team you can, but out of only NBA players or something like that. And so this week I came up with a challenge that involves the sport of team handball. How much do you guys know about team handball? It's a super fun sport. Um it, it's so it's played on a, a court that's uh, slightly smaller than a basketball court. It's seven on seven, and the players uh, have to throw the ball into a net defended by the goalie. The nets are uh, significantly smaller than soccer, and you can't um, you can't touch inside like the goal box like they have in soccer. The attacking or defending players cannot be inside of that. So players have to jump and throw it before they land if they want to land inside of that. It's a very popular sport in Europe and uh, like South America and stuff, but for some reason the U.S. just does not care about this sport. Like they barely put together a team to even try and qualify for the Olympics and have never been to the Olympics in this sport. Why don't we try out? I, I've watched some uh, French national team handball players and they would mess me up. But oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, actually had a I had a I had a French exchange student when I was younger and we've kept in touch and he plays. Um, in the third division of French professional handball. Okay. And he, I mean, but he's like 6'4", gangly, like pretty athletic. Like he's, he's quite good at it. But my thought was the U.S. has the best athletes in the world. We could be the world champions of this sport if we wanted to. So the challenge I made is construct a U.S. Olympic handball team out of American athletes but you can only use one player from any given sport. So uh, throughout the week, uh, all three of us worked together and chose a couple positions um, to put in. So there's seven positions in handball. There's a goalie, two defensemen, two wingers, uh, and then two players who play in the center. One is more attacking and one is more defensive. Uh, so I'll start. I probably had the easiest choice here. At goalie, I think soccer players translate the best to this. Soccer goalies and handball goalies have relatively similar skills. So I put Zach Steffen, who's the national team goalie for the United States. He's a he's pretty big dude. He's six three. That's not Tim Howard. Tim Howard is <laughs> has not been the national team goalie for a while and is kind of trash. I know. I, think I know. just retired. Yeah. But uh, Steffen, he's six three. Uh, he's actually owned by Manchester City, one of the best soccer teams in the world, although he's currently on loan to a German team, Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, really good player, very athletic, the best goalie the U.S. has to offer. I think he'd do a pretty good job in handball. So uh, defensive back, I put, um, I thought this was a no-brainer for the roster. Kawhi Leonard, forward for the Clippers, yeah. for, finals MVP, um, he goes by the claw, and he's often compared to robots. Uh, we know him for his just unreal wingspan and his hands that covered the entire basketball. Um, the guy's also got the, the no-bullshit-win-now attitude, and 
you ask him about stats, you ask him about how his day was, and you're just going to get told that he's just here to win. And, you know, I think that's that's the type of attitude that would uh, put our team over the top. The, uh, <laughs> the French national handball team coach actually um, in an interview said that if he got LeBron James and gave him two weeks of practice, he'd be the best handball player in the history of the sport. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And I think Kawhi has... Uh, he has great on-court vision. He's super athletic. He's uh, probably a lot stronger and beefier than most uh, professional handball players. And um, He can also probably yeah, jump that, higher than any handball player. Jumping's very key because you got to – the player uh, – the defense – the defensemen are like, you know, waving their arms trying to stop your shots all the time. And if you can, you know, jump 40 inches in the air, they're not going to be able to to compete with that. And I think Kawhi would absolutely dominate. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably be just throwing down at the goalie at some point. Like It would be terrifying. You, you don't want to see Kawhi Leonard charging up the court at you. And also his basketball skills play into this too because you can dribble um, for up to three seconds. In handball. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and, yeah, uh, I uh, I was watching some, and it almost kind of seemed like they'd run kind of like screen-type plays and stuff, too. Like, it seemed yeah. very similar to basketball, just different. Okay, you're a player. You you had a decent college career, and uh, but you're not quite good enough for the NBA. Join the handball team, win a gold medal. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Or like... Also, if we really wanted to do the best team the U.S. could put out, we'd probably be picking all basketball players. Because even if you look at just like a Grayson Allen or somebody who isn't that great in the NBA, they'd be pretty dominant in handball. Grayson, yeah. Grayson Allen. <laughs> they'd also be a lot more dick kicks in handball if Grayson Allen was involved. I mean, I'm if it wins the U.S. a gold, I don't care who's getting kicked. Who would, uh, so Eric, you picked the other defenseman? Yeah, yeah. So for our other defender, I picked Ryan Sutter, who's a defenseman in the NHL. Uh, 6'2", 210 pounds. He got an Olympic silver medal in hockey already. Sounds like second place. Wow. Um, (laughs) But so he's going to be bigger and stronger and more aggressive than your average handball player, which gets physical, so I'm sure he'd lay a couple people out. Dude, Ryan Suter would be a nice enforcer for this team. Yeah, and then he also, so I was looking at his assists and scores and stuff, which he doesn't have a ton because he's defensive, but uh, his assists are fantastic. Like his numbers, he combined, he attributes to like half a point per game statistically. That's a, that's a, that's a decent amount for a defender. He just hits dimes on the ice, and I'm sure he could throw dimes with the handball too. Yeah, hockey's tough to translate, but I think that would be a good choice for that. Yeah, he's also a lefty, which is probably good to have a couple people that are lefties for just Different other angles. shooting angles and stuff, yeah. Um, so the winger position in handball, kind of like guns up and down the side. Uh, I chose um, Christian Taylor for this. He is a triple jumper and probably the best triple jumper in the world right now. He's a four-time world champion in the event the guy's 6'2 with some crazy long legs super fast he's a also a professional 200 meter runner sometimes but so you get three steps um to to go in handball without dribbling christian taylor can go 60 feet in three steps i think he could just I don't know how these French guys would be able to contain this dude. He could jump. He could jump from behind the goal box and like crash into the goalie. Like that's how that's how far he can jump. I think he'd be very good. Sounds like an absolute freak. He oh he is. He's a little skinny, so he might get pushed around a little bit. But I think the athleticism. Would that's why we have a suitor. So yeah. he starts pushing around. Suitor comes, beats their shit. <laughs> um, Who do you have as the other winger, Drew? Uh, we got Fernando Tatis Jr., Major League Baseball shortstop for the San Diego Padres. He just finished his rookie year. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt for the second half, but he was uh, he's going to be like a perennial all-star and one of the best players in baseball for years he's to come. He's a stud for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Um, he throws the ball 95 miles an hour plus on the regular. Ooh. So, And this is like while on the run. So I can imagine that translates very well to... 
being on the yeah. run and handball and just absolutely ripping the ball uh, past yes. the goalie. Um, but yeah, he's he's full five tools, uh, MVP potential, and uh, another really cool stat is he has like an, a very abnormally high uh, batting average on balls in play, which is another key sign to him just being so fast that he can beat out like ground balls and stuff on the regular. So. I yeah, think he's one of the best base runners in the league. Like he's yeah. got crazy elite speed. Yeah, just just really good instincts. I feel like he he and Christian Taylor on the sides is just gonna send the French team home after about five zero. <laughs> I I don't know why we're picking on the French team, but uh, I kind of they're the like best it. team in the world. Oh, um, okay. traditionally. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes uh, sense now. Also, five zero is not like that bad of a hole in handball like teams score like 40 goals a game in handball so oh wow oh yeah it's it's super high scoring right that sounds that sounds fun i picked uh carlin isles who is on the u.s national rugby team right now he's got a uh, 10.13 second 100 meter (laughs) dash which like that's fast as shit um and the whole point of the circle runner from what i could figure out is just they basically just crash the basket kind of to create play opportunities, draw defenders off like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're basically a distraction and then they facilitate the ball through them. And he's going to be strong. He's low to the ground. He's fast. I think he'd do a great job getting between defenders, causing havoc on the defense. Basically. Isles is a beast. He, uh, he, yes. he was on the Detroit lions for a little bit before they cut him. And then he switched to rugby. Yeah, exactly. Um, like he's he's a tough guy. He'll be. He's not just fast. He's beefy. Like he's a he's a, he's a wide load. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a wide load. <laughs> he's a wide load. <laughs> oh, so the center position in um, handball is kind of like the the captain of the offense role. They make a lot of key passes and sort of direct traffic, which is why I thought Pat Mahomes would be a perfect uh, pick for this. He, you know, he's got the great quarterback vision. And one thing about Mahomes is he has such a uh, strange, like he, th- he can throw the ball at so many different angles. You'll see him do sidearm tosses, like no look passes, like stuff you've never seen any other NFL quarterback do. He throws really well on the run. And um, he, the guy has an absolute rocket launcher for an arm. He, he, you see it on those deep balls he throws. And also, he was a, an elite baseball prospect growing up. He had a no-hitter in high school. He struck out 16 people in that game and apparently could throw in the low 90s and was actually drafted by the Detroit Tigers. Really? Uh, wow. Yes. I which, didn't know that. Uh, a fun fact that popped up this week is the Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl starting quarterbacks than the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. It's rough to be a Lions fan. This is why as a Packers fan, like I just, even though they're in our division, I have only love for the Lions because they just give us two wins every year and it's fantastic. So that's our lineup. How do you think, if if this team were given one month to train together and gel and learn the sport, how well do you think they could compete on the world stage? Just looking at the uh, team we've amassed here, and given like the training they already take, I think it's a, a no question um, undefeated run at the world here. Just like basketball <laughs> has been the last five decades. We'd be able to compete on the world stage, especially considering they haven't trained in the specific sport that much. Yeah, I definitely definitely want to reach out to the mailbag here and see if uh, see what you guys think on this. If there's any key United States athletes that we might be missing, uh, go ahead. And yeah, send them that's. In. That's one thing about this show is, um, you know, we, we'd love to have any questions from anyone who listens. Um, so send us uh, a question that you have at fullkitquestions at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to answer it. It can be a very intellectual and smart question, or uh, the more likely case that it will be uh, very stupid. But we'll answer it anyways, uh, because that's what we like to do. Yes. Up next... Hot takes. Can we live on the sun? No! You can't because it's hot. it's a hot fire inferno. <laughs> hot takes! Here we go. Um, so I was in charge of the hot take for this week. And I want to just, I want to start this out with a question. 
Okay, you got a you got a rookie in the NBA. Yeah. Per 36 minutes, he's scoring 20.3 points on shooting 66.5% from two and 40.5% from three. Wow. Is this a fantastic basketball player? I mean, yeah, based off those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. What, where do you think in the NBA draft this player would have gone? Those are like, I mean, those are like top. 10 efficiency numbers in the nba so yeah exactly so yeah like should be a high draft pick as a rookie right yeah those are the uh those are the numbers for brandon clark who was drafted out of gonzaga and he went 21st in the draft because people thought his arms were too short i love brandon clark so much that it hurts oh yeah (laughs) like one of the um, best nba players Uh, what a white what Okay, now we've reached the hot no, take not, section. Not, of I don't mean. <laughs> hey, I don't mean best. I'm, I meant just in my like players okay. that I like. All right. Okay, all right. okay, yes. hey, let's get this straight though. Like Brandon Clark isn't transforming your franchise, all right? Uh, <laughs> Brandon, but he Brandon, is though. That's the thing. No, he's he's so a, your he's a quality role player. My hot take is that Brandon Clark deserves to be rookie of the year. Oh my god! Because no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, so then per 36 minutes, the same, the same statistic, uh, John Morant, uh, Brandon Clark's teammate and the second round draft pick or not second round, second draft pick. Um, he is scoring 21.5 points per 36 minutes. And that's on shooting 50.2 from two and 40.5 from three. So John Morant and Brandon Clark are shooting the same three point percentage. Brandon is shooting 16% better from two and jaw is only scoring like a point more per 36 minutes. All right. So they're um, basically comparable players. When you look at blocks, assists, turnovers, like that kind of thing, they're pretty much comparable players. I would say. Drew, do you want to, do you want to take this and degrade Eric or should I, what are you feeling? Uh, Take the lead here. Take the lead here. Okay, um, Eric, so here's the thing. Um, John Morant is the best player on the Grizzlies roster. Yeah. And he is also the starting point guard who faces the majority of the good defensive players on the other team. Yeah. Brandon Clark comes off the bench, yeah. plays against bench scrubs, and gets wide open looks. And? And he I is think not a better player than John Morant. He hits 66% of them. But to like... tack, on, tack on to Brandon Clark, like 80% of his shots are right at the rim. And they're on yeah. off good oh, assists, yeah. like coming in motion. Like he's not like creating his own shot time and time. Brandon yet. Wright shoots like sixty nine percent from the field, but he's a like a seventh man. Like that doesn't mean that you're a better player. Like Ja Morant does so much more for that team. No, I'm not saying Jaw I'm not saying Brandon's a better player than Jaw. I'm Chip. saying that so they both get drafted. Jaw is obviously the star being drafted. He's an all-star caliber. He's going to be Kobe, except he passes. Like, he's going to be a fantastic player in the NBA. Everybody knows that. Brandon Clark, people thought he was going to be pretty shit in the NBA. Like, he was drafted 21st, yet he comes out here and he's putting up star-level numbers. He just, all he star? wants... Star? To- Excuse me. Uh, Drew, you want to take this? Star-level numbers? Yeah, Sorry. He's uh, averaging 11 points per game, Eric. Because he only gets 20 minutes per game. <laughs> Actually, I did read that his, like, per 36 numbers are, like, far superior to, uh, what's his name? Is it Jared Jackson on the, the Grizz? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jared Jackson is a... Yeah. Um, so, for people listening that don't know, I am a Grizzly stan. Um, Jaron Jackson is our best three-point shooter, and that's all he does is just whap threes. So, like, I don't know why our seven-footer is shooting all of our threes, but it it works. Um, but it actually doesn't work because they're <laughs> uh, he's he's clearly proved like far less efficient than they hope, and on top of it, um, Brandon Clark is like his numbers are like far superior to Jaron Jackson's, who's supposed to be like their. Well, this being said. If you play 20 minutes a game, you're going to have more energy. It's more easy to be efficient if you're playing less minutes per game. Let's yeah, take our let's take our intramural basketball team, for example. <laughs> I take two shots a game. 
I usually make one or two. Drew takes 15 shots a game, but he's tired because the best defender on the other team is defending him, and I'm defended by the worst guy on the other team. It's easier for me to be efficient in this yeah, case. Yeah, but so what I'm saying is that he was so undervalued and he is playing that role. Like coming off the bench, that's the role of a 21st uh, pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And he's playing that role fantastically. He's absolutely dominating the other team's bench, basically. Okay, so I think I think it's time to get some numbers out there. So Eric thinks that Brandon Clark is one of the most offensive, efficient players in the league. Do you want to know his real ranking, Eric? Brandon Clark's ranked 29th in offensive efficiency, which is, it is, it's impressive for a rookie. Um, yeah. I'd also think he's shot a lot better at three than anyone has expected, but uh, oh, yeah. from it, that's sampling. The three-point shooting is the one thing. Any competent scout, if, if they had watched him play at Gonzaga, they would have known that that was a long time coming for him. Um, so do you want to hear the next three guys that are, um, more efficient on offense than him? Yes. This season? Okay, we got yeah. Dwight Dwight Powell on Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, do you know who that is? Mm, I know he plays for Dallas. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have uh, Rashawn Holmes for the Kings. Do you know who that is? Yes, I actually do. Yeah, I like actually, him. Yeah, he's actually... He's kind of lit. <laughs> he's impressed. If, if he didn't get hurt, I mean, he's just completely taking oh, that yeah. Bagley's place over there. But um. Yes. So hopefully he comes back because, yeah, he was a key player for them. And then check... Uh, Giallo on the Suns. I hope I said that right. Check Giallo. Dallo. Cheek uh, Giallo is the Cheek Giallo. Yeah, is the twenty sixth most efficient player. That is wild. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that shows you right there that like efficiency rating just isn't everything. Cheek Giallo is not like a great NBA player. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's why it's a hot take. I mean, the I'm just saying yeah, he was and, super undervalued at the draft, and if he played his cards right, I think he could win Rookie of the Year. If he plays the underdog, like, if he, well, if he had, it's too late now, but if he'd been focusing on that underdog narrative, like, so, I think he could have pulled it off. I think you're still full of it, because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't Ja win Rookie of the Year and not Brandon Clark? It's the it's the narrative aspect. It's all about the narrative, Drew. You're you, you're going with the bootstraps because Brandon Clark's oh, just yeah. a poor little draft <laughs> pick. He's from some hick town in Washington. Like that's where he played college ball or like San Jose. Like who gives a shit about those? Also, just another just another Brandon Clark stat. I think he had four points higher offensive efficiency rating from the third place person in the NCAA division one last year and then the only person who beat him was zion williamson and like zion is an absolute generational freak and he's the only person that beat brandon clark in college efficiency and like like what are draft people looking at (laughs) like you know what i mean i definitely agree with you that i think brandon clark will go his entire career always undervalued but Mm -hmm. The Rookie of the Year award isn't for players who are criminally undervalued. It's for the most exciting player in the league. That's Look, in their Eric, season. when when we dropped um, the atomic bomb on the city of Hiroshima. Whoa. Whoa. The, at, the, at the impact point, at the epicenter of the explosion right after it exploded, the yeah. air temperature was a little over 500,000 degrees. Uh, yeah, and that's how bombs work. This is how hot your take is. It is <laughs> ludicrous and makes no sense. And you're you saying I'm feel, Hiroshima hot? You're Hiroshima hot with this take, and you should feel bad about it. Eh, I'm, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep shit posting on Twitter. So, <laughs> well, keep right, fi- keep um, fighting the good fight, Eric. Oh yeah, it's the good fight. All yeah, right, and, final and for- final verdict. Final verdict on this, uh, Eric is uh dumb and is using dumb logic drew can we agree with this yeah i'm right there with cool. you eric's an idiot all right, all right let's yeah, move on yeah 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 all right now it's time for dumb baseball fact of the week it's just dumb why is it dumb <laughs> it's so dumb i love i love baseball it was my favorite sport growing up as a kid i was just no one cares with- you're right. No one cares. <laughs> when I try to use when I try to use that as a pickup line at bars, it doesn't end up going very well for some reason. I don't I don't I don't understand why. But um, I like finding like w- very strange stats about baseball. 
This one um, this week is about Ken Griffey Jr. We all know Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best hitters of all time, 630 home runs, the kid, he was magical. Um, Born in 1969. Yeah, that's ooh, fantastic. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, he, he amassed 2,781 hits in his career, which is good for 52nd all-time. Um, he was, uh, Ken Griffey was born in, uh, Denora, Pennsylvania on November 21st, 1969. Um, here's the, uh, batshit crazy thing is that Ken Griffey Jr. is second all-time in hits by a left-handed outfielder born in Denora, Pennsylvania on November 21st. Because Stan Musial, the great Cardinals hitter, was born uh, November 21st, 1920, in Denora, Pennsylvania, was a left-handed hitter, oh, and played right field. Unbelievable. I hate how, statistics. <laughs> how is this possible? So, uh, I, did, I, I went in and did a little math on it. Denora is not a big town. Under 5,000 population. The population of the U.S. is 330 million, so it's a very low percentage of the overall population of the U.S. So, I did that times 365 days a year because what are the odds that they're born on the same day uh but then accounted for the fact that there are 51 hitters above ken griffey on the list the odds that a hitter above ken griffey in hits would be from denora pennsylvania november 21st are one in nine billion nine hundred ninety four million six hundred and sixty nine thousand nine hundred and eighty eight wow that is unbelievable Baseball That's, is stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. All right. Next. Really, segment. just on the subject of people being close, like being born in the same town or close to each other, I didn't know this until the other day, but John Zion grew up like an hour away from each other or something. They shit. played on the same AAU team. Yeah. yeah like they, they literally yeah. played together. Like that's savage. And nobody cared about Jaw because they were too busy focusing on the like, thickness of Zion. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to. And then, did you guys hear how Jaw like got found by Murray State? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, super cool story. He was like playing like a pickup threes game at one of the tournaments on a side court, and one of the Murray State coaches like was walking by and was just like, "Holy, Wait, this kid's who lit. is this kid?" <laughs> yeah, he's like slamming on kids. He's hitting tough like contested threes, and um. He was like, what team do you play for? And when he found out he played on Zion's team, he's like, why hasn't anyone offered this kid? Like, what are they looking at? And That's yeah. sick, yeah. Yeah, it's a super cool story. But wow, I mean, the odds of Ken Griffey Jr. and Stan Musial, two just absolute goats, that's just unbelievable. No, there's something in the water in uh, Denora, yeah. Pennsylvania I, I mean, that makes you the, hit. Fr it's dangerous. a fracking town, so what's in the water is fucking dangerous chemicals. I mean, based I on mean, the... Based on the timeline, um, the next uh, Denora great should be should be coming through the MLB pipeline oh, yeah. soon. Yeah, gotta yeah. send some scouts. All right, let's move <laughs> on to uh, do you rate them? On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? And uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is Kyrie Irving. Uh, you often, fuck Kyrie. <laughs> I know how we feel about him, but they asked him like where he's where his thoughts were with this team or something along those lines like how does he feel mm -hmm. about the roster and he says that mind you this nets team was i believe uh like divisional or like quarterfinals of the eastern conference a like very very complete roster they were like a They're star a solid team yeah they were like yeah. a star about a star or two away and so what they do they went out and got him and what does Kyrie say is uh with one of the i mean mind you he had been hurt for two to three weeks coming into this uh, conversation, and they played 500 ball, which is a hell of a lot better than what they had been playing with him. Uh, he says, oh, yeah, I think we're a few pieces away. And he goes to list six guys on the team that he, like he says, me, DeAndre, KD, Spence, uh, and like one or two others. He doesn't name Joe Harris. He doesn't name Jared Allen, like two crucial players and jared allen's probably the most like one of the most efficient players in the nba and he doesn't name oh i'm really high on jared allen he's sick yeah. he's a better player than deandre jordan is at this yeah point. so it's a like it doesn't make sense again like the flat earth brain talking but b how do we feel about him as calling him 
uh, top 15 player in the NBA, or is he not? Not well, at all. Not at all. Hmm. He's only I've... played 17 games this season. Like, what is he doing? I don't he's know that he's hurt. A... He's always hurt, but, like, is he? Like, I don't... He never seems that hurt. Uh, I think the one thing with him is he's he's a good scorer, but he's not crazy efficient, and he's not a great passer either. And I just think there's so many talented guards in the NBA at this time. I don't know if he is a top 15 player. I also, would literally take Ja Morant over Kyrie Irving on my team. <laughs> if you were starting I, a franchise right now. Yeah, I, 100%. I, I actually 100% agree with you at this point. Um, also, I, did you hear the interview with him last week where he uh, he was talking about how the New York media has been treating him, and he said, well, you know, they crucified MLK and compared himself to MLK. Yeah, um, he's crazy. He's, a couple thoughts. Uh, they did not crucify Martin Luther King Jr. He was shot. By a random dude. Uh, it was the CIA. But and that's a also the issue. CIA. <laughs> Kyrie Irving got made fun of by the New York Daily News. I don't think those are the same weights as far as uh, as far as that goes. <laughs> he'll come out and he'll score like 50 points. And then the next game he'll like lay an egg. But what's the most telling is since his comments, the Nets I believe are 1-6. And mind you, in games he's playing again. So mm-hmm. it seems like he just has a very negative net effect on the court as well when he's in. I mean, he's not a great defender at all. He slows down the pace of the offense. He doesn't involve guys because he's very isolation oriented. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I would say, I like, I don't rate him anymore. I don't rate I think him. if you asked me two years ago, I'd say I rate him as a top 10 even player in the NBA. But at this point, um, after we've seen him absolutely implode Boston and he's doing the same year. thing to Brooklyn. Yeah, like, exactly. And which again, I, um, it, which again makes Katie's decision all the more weirder that he chose the Brooklyn the, Nets over yeah. with Kyrie Irving over staying at Golden State. Like the one, the one thing I will say on that is I do think Kyrie needs a star to truly thrive. He needs a LeBron. I'm, Wondering if KD will be enough of a star at coming off this injury to make it work. But I think when the when you have a team's second best defender on Kyrie, they can't do anything. I think yeah. we can say we don't we don't rate him. Yeah, yeah we no. don't rate him. All right. Definitely so not. with the Super Bowl a couple days away, um I wanna talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Do we rate Jimmy Garoppolo? It seems like this team all year long, everyone was like, oh, like, they'll start losing. Oh, they'll start lo- Oh, like, Jimmy G's mm. a below-average quarterback. I mean, he's not very – he doesn't have any tools that stand out particularly other than his winning percentage. And um, people think, like, he hides behind, like, his success is largely due to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, mm. what, do you, what do you guys think uh, about Jimmy G? Like, do you rate him? Um, so one of, one of Jimmy G's listed nicknames on pro football reference is a uh, Prince Aladdin. So I'm just going to rate him, rate him on that. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a nickname. Oh yeah. And that interview a couple like weeks ago where he calls that girl baby. <laughs> God, what a legend. Yeah. Like he's a, uh, he's got the personality to be a star. And I think, uh, he may not be like your classic star quarterback, like a Pat Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. Like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like he's not like... a superstar quarterback, but he does his job and they keep winning. So something's working right. He's a solid game manager. He completed 69% of his passes this year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, like that's awesome. Um. 13 interceptions to 27 touchdowns isn't super impressive to me. Um, But at the same time, they're kind of a rush-oriented offense. I think if you put him in an offense with a good line and a good running back, he's obviously succeeding. I don't know that he succeeds in the situation that Aaron Rodgers is in in Green Bay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Yeah. 
So I think I he's guess, a good I, game manager. Yeah. I guess ultimately, do you rate him or do you think he just is a large beneficiary of the complete Niners roster and uh, Kyle Shanahan leading the way? I'll rate I, him. I'll put him between like the 10th to 15th best quarterback in the NFL. Somewhere in there. So okay. a little above average. Well, we'll see if that can win you a Super Bowl. Joe, Joe Flacco did. <laughs> Joe Flacco, true. <laughs> I don't even know if I put him between 10 and 15, too. Maybe for that year. Um, okay, so Jose Altuve. Um, I was like, fuck the Astros. They're huge cheaters. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it pisses me off. How much of their individual success this season was due to knowing the next pitch? Do you still rate him as, like, a top 10 player in baseball? Altuve's been a great hitter for a while. The The cheating accusations don't start until 2017. In 2014, he had 225 hits, 56 stolen bases. I The guy's just a good hitter. And, he, yeah, he probably got a little bit of help from the cheating thing. But, yeah. And he's a bastard, but he's still a good hitter. He's still a damn good hitter. I guess, like, what was most alarm? Yeah, what was most alarming to me, though, was his splits uh, home and away in the playoffs uh, this uh, past playoffs and in the 2017. He was hitting, like, 180 with low slugging, low OPS away. And mm-hmm. uh, at home, it was, like, hitting 450, just absolutely crushing the ball. And if they're cheating at home, if they're cheating at home in those games, then, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'd say probably don't rate him for me just because. Here's an interesting question. Jose Altuve was on a Hall of Fame track. Do you think he doesn't make the Hall of Fame now because of this? I would hope not. And I'm someone who wants like, like I want like Barry Bonds in the Hall. I want all the like Roger Clemens. Like I think those guys deserve the Hall. Like just because like they I mean, Barry Bonds, like, this is, like, a little off topic, but Barry Bonds is, like, a Hall of Famer even before he started, like, clearly using roids. So, um, but I still think all those guys taking roids um, deserve the Hall. But for me, I think this is a different type of cheating where you're, like, when you're taking steroids, and I think a lot of the MLB pitchers agree, it's, like, it's a different, like, you still have to, like, understand all the complexities of, like, well, what pitch is coming next? How, like, should I change my approach here? How do I make sure, like, I make solid contact? Like, you still have to be a very competent MLB hitter where if you're, like, a – if you know if it's a breaking ball or a fastball and you know it's a – say it's, like, a 3 and one count and you hear breaking ball, you know he's about to throw a curveball in the zone, right? Because if he doesn't, it's yeah. going to walk you. And so, like, just the way the count is structured and, like, the way, like, pitcher tendencies and I feel like cheating by knowing the next pitch is – a hell of a lot worse than cheating with, you know, just enhancing your body. So if you legalize steroids for everybody, then it wouldn't be cheating. Well, well they're not, but no, but like you get what I'm saying? Like if everyone did steroids, then okay. It's like, all even still like during that era, everyone was doing it anyway. I get what you're saying. Like if everyone knows yeah. the next pitch, then yeah. Like, when yeah. everyone's super, nobody is classic Incredibles. One of my favorite onion article. One of my favorite onion articles of all time was. Uh, turns out Craig Council was actually the best hitter of the steroid era. When you take out steroid users. <laughs> no way. <laughs> the uh, the other thing about steroids is, is they're uh, awesome. I mean, yeah, they're sweet. pretty awesome, but they uh, like they wear down your body so much that like it's not a light decision for someone to make. Like, yeah, yeah you become a superstar, but. Yeah, it probably takes a few years off your life, and your balls don't work, and like and your, your dick's just two inches now, and yeah, like it's a trade-off for sure. Yeah, but it's I guess for the Astros, it was an easy, easy decision to bang the the trash can, and for that, I don't rate Jose Altuve. <laughs> uh, I don't think he should be considered a top ten player anymore. But what do you guys like? What's your final verdict, Cohen? Um, I'll say I'll say he's not a top ten player. I'll not rate the fella. I'll go. I'll go with no rate as well. Love it, love it, because I now hate the guys. Well, that concludes our first podcast. This has been Full Kit Wankers. If you liked what you you heard, keep listening. Uh, we'll be posting a show probably about every Saturday. 
that comes on Spotify and uh, more streaming services coming soon. If you want us to discuss specific things, please send us a mailbag question at fullkitquestions at gmail.com. Or uh, if you know us personally, ask us for that link and we'll give it to you. Uh, for Cohen Jenkins. My name is Drew Parada. <laughs> My name's Eric Allen. And this has been Full Kit Wankers! Yeah.